What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. All right, so today I am here with Tim Carr. Uh, Tim is a graduate of York College uh, in York, Nebraska, um, is cur- and is currently the 7th through 12th grade principal um, here at the Heartland Community Schools here in Henderson, Nebraska. Um, Tim is married to his wife, Tanya, and they have four daughters together. Uh, Tim was selected for this role back in 2009, um, and prior to that, he was with Bradshaw until the consolidation of Henderson Bradshaw in 1998. Um, he used to teach you know, anything from 6th and 5th grade, 6th uh, grade technology, junior high entrepreneurship class. Um, he's also taught several elementary level classes, um, junior high level classes. Um, he's also served as a, as a coach at a variety of different uh, levels from junior high basketball to head varsity boys and girls basketball, um, and even served a little stint um, as a head volleyball coach, it sounds like. Used to coach uh, head soccer at, at York College until he, he took his current position as a secondary uh, principal here at uh, Heartland Community Schools. So I'd love to welcome Tim onto the show. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Perfect. Uh, so talk to me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your um, yourself and your journey to York College and how um, that kind of all progressed through high school and college. Okay, sure. Um, when I was in high school, I grew up in Minnesota and went to school there. And I was able to meet the soccer coach at York College. He came up to Minnesota to see his family. And he and I met each other. And um, one afternoon, went out and kicked the soccer ball around. And we started talking about soccer. And he started telling me more about York College. And once I came down to York for a visit. Um, I knew when I was, the second I was on campus, I knew that was where I wanted to be. It was a great visit and just the way he worked with everybody when we walked around campus, he talked with all of his players that we ran into, he talked with other students we ran into, we met a lot of people and uh, everything looked good as far as, as far as that went. So I knew I wanted to be there. It's kind of how I got my start at York. So would you, would you say it was the relationships there at your college, like um, seeing your coach, being able to have those personal relationships, that's kind of what sold you on your college? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I know when I came, soccer was really the only thing I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So um, once I came and started classes and playing soccer, uh, the people were the reason that I stayed. Because met a lot of good people, and uh, just one of those things, the way it worked out, you know, once school was... You know, went through school, went through four years, and then ended up staying. So we haven't left Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, met my wife. Well, she wasn't my wife when I met her. Right, right. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about um, your involvement there on campus. I know you played soccer. So what was yeah. um, your soccer career kind of like? Well, they were two-year school when I, when I first came, transitioning into four. And so they were small college um, athletic association and then transferred over. Uh, by the time I was a senior, they were part of the MCAC conference. And then um, while I was coaching, um, that just grew, um, continued to be part of that conference until eventually 
know, after I was done coaching, they joined the KCAC. But it was um, there was a transition time that last year was playing NAIA. So a lot of it was my first couple of years was not NAIA, and then they when they joined the uh, MCAC, then it was it was different. So um, played for several different coaches, but um, the coach I came for, he was there for. Uh, the first three years I was there, and then the fourth year, um, the person that took over, he also played for the same guy I played for. Okay. Um, so not a lot of things changed. Um, it was still um, same type of program. Same culture. Yep. Yep. And um, when I and then when I started coaching um, at the college as an assistant, that was also with a guy that played with me there um, for the same coach. So. A lot of nice little there. connect, yeah, a little family guy coaching tree yep. you got there that everybody is able to learn from. Yeah, a lot of connections there, which is awesome. Yeah, it, it helps keep that culture that you were talking about and keeps everything. Um, so, was your college was uh, the main reason you were looking at it was for soccer? Um, how did you end up you know, getting into teaching? You know, was it um, that you wanted to be able to have an impact like your coach? Um, did on you was it a coach um, is was teaching in the family like tree was you anyone in your family a teacher or how did you kind of you know land on teaching that's kind of kind of funny actually didn't do not have any teachers in the family um, up until me and then my wife is a teacher and then our oldest daughter is a teacher and then our next daughter is a sophomore at York um, in the education program and um, our senior is probably going into education. So, <laughs> so you're starting uh, that tree. up until yeah. then, you know, no. But um, when I went to York, um, like I said, soccer was pretty the reason I was going there. So while I was in line to register for classes, I thought it was going to be a business major. So you know, you work your way up to the front of the line. You can hear the questions. What you, what's your major going to be? What's your major going to be? So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Business, 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 business. When I got to the front of the line, they said, what's your, what's your major going to be? And I said, education. <laughs> and then um, they wrote it down, and so there you go. I started taking education classes. And I did not tell my mother, and she still reminds me of that to this day, um, how I did not tell her I changed my major in the line. She was surprised when she got my report cards and saw that it was a... Uh, education major instead of business and so I had some explaining to do yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of how that went um, then as far as um, the program Pat Simpson was was running the education program at that time and with her connections that she had in the area um, that just kind of is what led me to staying so um, I was going through college I was a junior and the people at Bradshaw had contacted her and they needed an assistant basketball coach, and they asked if she uh, knew anybody. And I had played a little bit of basketball in high school, um, and I thought, yeah, I would love to coach basketball. That would be great. And um, so I, she said, well, I'll give them your name, and you know, you can go over and interview, and thought, that's great. So uh, I, set, I set everything up with them and went over for the interview. And then while I was... Um, walking and talking with them in Bradshaw, they were saying things like, well, this is where you will go before practice. This is where you'll have your coaches' meetings. This is where you'll you'll do this. This is where you'll do this. And by the end of the interview, interview, right, right. They, they said, um, 
Okay, so practice starts in uh, November, and then uh, this is when you report. By the way, we're having the school board uh, faculty staff social coming up in a couple weeks. We'd like you to come to that. Okay. Pretty much had the job before um, you were... And that was, all, that was all Pat Simpson because she sets everything up, and um, she was so trusted. I think that's just kind of how it went. Um, didn't have anything to do with me. Had everything to do with, you know, her relationship in the community, and you know, people knew her and trusted her. So, so that's how that worked. And since I was coaching there, we set my student teaching up there, and so I student taught in third grade um, with Diane Crouch and coached basketball at the same time. And then, um, you know, at the end of the school year, didn't have anything lined up. School ended, and. As it turned out, the fourth grade position opened up in probably May or something like that. And um, I came back to interview for that and ended up getting that job. So um, I was able to, my first year of teaching was with the same kids I student taught. So couldn't really ask for a, a better first year. Right. Um, so I knew all the kids already and uh, knew the school system and continued to coach there and then coach volleyball as well. And so learned a little bit about that game and continued coaching volleyball. And after three years, the consolidation took place and stayed on. And then, um, what were those, uh, three years there? Like your first three years there at Bradshaw, what were kind of, how did those kind of go, um, leading up to consolidation? Did, did you kind of know consolidation was coming or did it kind of, how did that kind of work? Yeah, that was a time where schools were under the pressure to be efficient schools. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of transition within schools with reducing uh, the number of teachers. So trying to be efficient is the way the legislature put it with, um, you know, the right number of teachers. Ratios. For and, what you need to, mm -hmm. yeah, for what you need to do. So um, it was a little bit stressful. Um, but was able to stay on and um, working with, uh, you know, the boards in, in Bradshaw and the board in Henderson worked really well together during that time. Um, and I remember uh, reading the minutes and they were just working out a lot of the details. Transition was really smooth um, with the way the boards were. They set it up with, you know, this number from this board and this from this, you know, so many from each board. And then they combined and at first they were a nine member board. And then they were down to a, um, then they went back to a six member board and that's what they are now. So um, I thought as far as the consolidation went, I thought it was really good um, and smooth and uh, teachers working together. At that time, uh, when I was teaching fourth grade, Suzanne Ratzliff was teaching fourth grade here. Mm -hmm. She was super. Um, she, she called, we, she called me up and we talked um, even at the, first part of the consolidation when I was still teaching in Bradshaw and she was here and we would get our students together and connect um, from two different buildings and uh, worked on several projects together. We did plays together. We did field trips together. Um, we would, my class would come over here and we would, um, we would plan different things out as far as, you know, fourth grades working together and uh, Nebraska studies. And, you know, she was, she was just, um, she was great. She she took me in, and, and I learned a lot from her. So that was really good. That was, yeah, definitely a great little resource there for you, uh, you know, mm -hmm. as you're transitioning and still in the beginning part of your career. Um, yeah, that could have been um, 
way different had you not had you know someone that would have been um, less like a men mentor or anything yeah. like that. So. Yeah, I love team teaching with her. Right. It was great. And you know, then you know, the, as far as the consolidation, there was there was a need to have different grades in one part of the um, district, and so K four was here mm -hmm. in Henderson, and five, six, seven, and eight were in Bradshaw. And when that was um, happening, I started teaching sixth grade. And so Jeannie Good was the other sixth grade teacher. So she and I were able to team as well. Mm -hmm. And so she was, um, she was on a Henderson before the consolidation. And then um, when we were both teaching in Bradshaw together, again, the opportunity to team teach with um, another person and combine a lot of resources, it was great. It was great for kids. It was great for... Uh, my development as a teacher, and I certainly learned a lot from both of those teachers. Right, right. Um, talk a little bit more about, I guess, about you know some of those you know uh, topics of teaching that you've kind of gone over, and then maybe some of your favorite memories and moments that you've had um, from some of those uh, favorite topics and teaching that you you maybe would have had over the years. Well, Nebraska studies was definitely new to me mm -hmm. when I started teaching right. um, here because I grew up in Minnesota. Um, so learning the history of Nebraska was was great. Um, and again, Suzanne was was a huge part of that because she taught me a lot of what she had been doing. She had been teaching it for a while, so I learned a lot from her. Um, and then with the consolidation, having access to Heritage Park and taking kids to Heritage Park and using the, the school there and uh, teaching kids what it was like in Nebraska. Mm -hmm. um, you know, before it was great. So that was a big part of it. Um, I enjoyed that because there was a lot of, you know, transitioning. Um, there wasn't always like, you know, you're going to teach this grade and you're going to teach that. That's all you taught. So I taught fourth grade for a number of years, but then there was a need for me to move to sixth. So I taught sixth for a number of years and then I moved back down to third and, um, just, just with the way it worked, there was one class that came through, and they were um, the 2014 graduates. I ended up working with them in um, third grade, so I had them as third graders. And then I moved to sixth grade, but taught fifth grade math. When they were fifth graders, I had them in fifth grade math for the year. And then when they were in sixth grade, I had them as sixth graders. And then when they moved into seventh grade, then I moved in um, to the principal role. So I was their principal as they were in seventh grade. Um, so I had I had probably the most contact with that group of kids. Right, right. Um, and so that was that was really fun uh, to get to know that group really well. Too. That's really unique because yeah, you wouldn't get that anywhere in, yeah. in a large place or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so um, that that was awesome. Um, get to move around with those kids but I just got to see a lot of a lot of kids and work with them at different levels because um, there was that eighth grade entrepreneur class I had for several years and that was great mm -hmm. um, and again those those needs just kind of come up because they say hey um, we need somebody to teach this class could you do it sure you know um, and then you just get to work with different kids in a different environment so right yeah so what's it what was it kind of like getting to learn from um, so when you started here, uh, Blaine Friesen would have been the principal. What was it like um, getting to learn from him? Because I know he got to teach um, here in, in Heartland for 35 years. Um, you know, what, what's it kind of been like? Uh, what was it like, you know, getting to learn from him and then, you know, kind of uh, take over where he kind of left off? 
Well, big shoes to fill, you know, for sure. Because <laughs> he was um, he was incredible, and I loved I loved working with him uh, when I was teaching, and he was my principal, and I would go and talk to him when I was you know doing the junior high stuff, and I have a lot of respect for him. But he did he did such a good job um, with the way with the way things were run, and being that I was teaching here um, during his last year, he and I talked a lot during his last year, um, especially that second semester when I knew I was going to be um, taking that role. But we we just, I was able to ask him any question I needed to ask. I asked a ton of questions, and he gave me a lot of answers. We had a lot of conversations. Um, he left me a lot of notes. He left me um, just basically a blueprint for this is the kind of thing that needs to be done when. Um, everything was outlined really well. And... Um, you know, he's just a great mentor, and he he's uh, he was a good guy to follow. Lots, you know, he was totally open. Give me a call anytime you got questions, and I would. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But he would he was really really good about answering questions when I called, and he was really good um, about letting me learn on my own. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call. Letting, letting you kind of yeah yeah, yeah. paddle yeah. there yeah. Yeah, he was he was definitely there for me when I would call and ask him questions. But if I wasn't asking questions. Um, he was letting me figure things out on my own, and it was, and that was good. Right. Yeah, well, that's a great but way to learn. A, but then a time came where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not learning on my own as fast as I need to. So, you know, what do you have for me? How can I help speed he this was, up? Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a yeah, great person to kind of have. So, what advice would you give to new teachers, kind of just getting you know started out there? What kind of advice, you know, personal advice would you give to anyone, whether it their first year or they're in their third year um, or even if they're in their you know, maybe seventh year and they think they've gotten things figured out, what's some advice that you would give to those individuals? Well, your first year is going to be the toughest uh, because you're going to learn the most. Mm-hmm. And then the second year, you're going to learn more and you're going to be like, how did I not know that the first year? Um, <laughs> where did this come from? Why did I not know this? But um, It seems so obvious. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and that's what happens is all of a sudden things start to click and it even happens after seven years, and it even happens after ten, and um, you know it just we're always learning, and that would be the thing that I would say is, you know, stick with it, and um, always look for the positive in things, and remember remember why we're here. I mean, we're here we're here for the kids, and we're here to help the kids grow, and in the process, um, if we're going to help the kids grow, we got to grow, mm-hmm. so we got to constantly be learning. Got to be keeping up with the kids. Um, what's the best? What's the best way to reach kids? Um, the relationships got to be in place if we're going to reach kids, and uh, you know we gotta we gotta love what we do. So uh, the best way to do that is to continue to learn, continue to grow, and you know learn from the people that are around you and look at what others are doing that's good and you know steal it. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> repurpose it. it. Yeah. I mean implement yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know because. We got we have a lot of great teachers in the area, and I think it's good to use that as use those resources and mm-hmm. reach out to other schools because you know in your county um, there's some smaller schools and you may be the only one in your building that teaches that grade, but there's other people in the county that teach the right. same grade. So yeah, there's three other school districts yeah. to you know, so we reach need out to talk to. with each other and network, and it's good to you know I see principals of a lot of different things, and you know the service unit in Milford is good, and so run into a lot of others from. Uh, in yeah, ESU six, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's uh, the, you know they provide a lot of professional development for us, and so we work together, 
And I would say that's just that's the key. Keep looking at your why. Why are you here? You know, we're here for the kids, and um, keep making ourselves better so we can do better for kids. Right on. Perfect. Um, you know, you talked you talked a little bit about you know keeping up. You know, just in that last answer, how has you know, kind of teaching changed in the past kind of 10 years, you know, over the course, even just over the course of your career, how has, you know, teaching kind of evolved? What's maybe stayed the same in your eyes, but what's, what's kind of, what's kind of evolved um, as well? There's been, there's been a lot of changes, um, but, you know, going through it and using what you, what you've learned along the way sure helps um, as you, as you uh, adapt to the new things. You know, the, the different ways uh, Nebraska has done testing for kids has certainly changed since I started teaching in 95. Um, but being part of that, those early on years where we would write our own assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned the service unit already as part of the professional development, but we learned how to write, um, you know, our own assessments um, that lined up with the standards. And in doing that, um, you get a better understanding of what the standards are. Of course, I had I had the luxury of working with Suzanne Ratzel, who I've already mentioned, but she helped write the standards. She helped write the the fourth grade social studies standards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that luxury of of having her as a resource and knowing the ins and outs of the standards and how to teach them to kids. Um, but then when you write the assessments, you learn, okay, you gotta it, it can't be this can't be written this way. You gotta watch this question for this. You have to. Um, make sure we're hitting the different levels of the questions. And so, you know, learning how to write those questions helps understand, helps helps us understand better now the types of questions that we see and the way um, the way we're testing kids. So we use now a measure of academic progress and we use, and then there's the Nebraska system of, of ENSCAS and knowing what goes into all of those types of questions and how to write them certainly has helped. Um, and then with teachers being able to be part of um, writing questions for practice tests over the last several years um, as they get their own kids ready for um, well, what used to be NISA but is now NSCIS. And so there's just... And these are the, when you say NISA and all NSCIS, the state tests. these are the state, these yeah. are the state tests? Yeah. And then when you say assessments, those are the levels of understanding? It's still or? part of the testing. Okay, okay. Um, and so back then, it, was, it had a totally different name. Okay. And then it was still... You know, it's, a, it's all state testing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the name has changed several times, and the, and the way the tests are delivered has definitely changed over time. Um, and some are, some are used for state and some are used for federal, but, um, you know, you want to, sh- you know, the, what we're doing for our kids is to make sure that they know what they need to know based off the state standards, mm-hmm. and then we're taking a look at data to see, okay, well, this is where they're struggling here, so we need to go back and reteach in this area. And um, you know, leading up into that, um, we we want to know about where our kids are going to be when they go in to take that test in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do a lot of practices. We do a lot of analyzing data. Um, this is what we're where we've statistically been low in. So how are we going to adjust what needs to happen? One of the things we've done here at Heartland is we've had a, a district wide goal a goal for improving vocabulary, okay. which has led to a, a set way to instruct category uh, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been a district-wide goal. So whether you teach um, third grade or whether you teach high school business or whether you teach PE, we have a vocabulary focus. Um, the other things that we've noticed <laughs> is 
you know, over the, you know, several years ago, our science area was low. So we looked at where we were scoring those tests, what are we missing, what, haven't we, what, what do we need to do better at in our teaching. So we realign our curriculum and say, okay, well, we're covering the, this subject in this grade, or this subject in this grade, and this here, but all along, we're still hitting the state standards in every grade. Mm -hmm. You know, in doing so, our science scores have improved. And so uh, I don't think you get a, I don't think you, I don't think you make those gains, and I don't think you keep up if you haven't been doing it all along. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, by doing it all along and learning how to write those tests and learning about the criteria that goes into that and being able to apply it with the later tests and understanding what the new tests are and why they, you know, why this question's being asked and it relates to this standard and this level, you know, our teachers can tell you that. You know, our teachers have a curriculum guide um, that has all of the standards outlined and how they cover those standards and what they do with the kids so the kids learn that content. Um, you know, they can show you that in, mm -hmm. their, in their guides. And so I don't think you get there if you don't keep up along the way. Right. No, definitely. Um, so how have students kind of changed through the years? I know, like, um, the curriculum's kind of changed. And do you think that the students have changed because of the curriculum has changed? Or do you think it's, is it... You know, one one way or one the other, or is it kind of a little bit of a both? You know, what are your kind of thoughts on how students have kind of evolved? You know, over you know when you were teaching them in nineteen, you know, it's just starting in nineteen ninety eight, versus you know teaching them now. Well, I know our our kids are very involved, mm -hmm. so um, that does not change when you when you look at um, the academic side of things. Our kids are really involved. Um, so if we're on an eight period day. Probably 70% of our kids have eight classes that they're taking without a study hall. Um, so as far as being involved academically, you know, the biggest, one of our challenges we have is how to get the kids to all of the classes that they want. Right, yeah. So, mm -hmm. you so know, they, they, they want to take the higher level classes. They want to take fine arts courses. I remember um, one of my, one of my first years sitting down with a student and he had it on a piece of paper and he. He slid the paper to me and said, these are the classes I want to take this year. And I said, okay, you have nine classes. Yep. So we have an eight-period day. He goes, yep. <laughs> I, I don't see a problem with this. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the issue? I, I don't said, understand. Okay, so we got to figure out how we're going to do that. And that, that's super common. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably one of the hardest things is talking to a kid about what you're going to give up because there's only so much time in a day. Mm -hmm. um, we've had other kids do independent study courses um, to where they're working outside of school to get that ninth class. Mm -hmm. Or they're doing it in the morning before they come to school. Or, you know, um, one of the things that's changed is, is the ability to do things electronically. So it's possible that you might have a class that's offered distance learning from another area, another entity, um, where you could take that class outside of your school day. That's possible. Um, it's also possible now the dual credit classes are, um, there's a lot more options for dual credits. You know, there's three different ways you can take um, college, college classes. You can take it through um, a career academy class um, you can take it through a DC Advantage, or you can take it through um, a straight college credit um, as a high school and not get and not get high school credit for it. And it just depends on how you want to do that. The Career Academy offers assistance with 
um, tuition through Southeast Community College and also the school, but there's also a component that goes with that as far as a, you know, a professional component. So you get to go to uh, professional day, you get to go to different places um, and learn about uh, in different industries, whether you're looking at business or whether you're looking at education um, or whether you're looking at health sciences. That, that's a component of it. Mm -hmm. So that certainly has changed. Um, and that's also hard to get kids into the classes they want to get into because they still want to take, you know, our kids still want to take band, our kids still want to take uh, choir, they still want to take art, they still want to be in welding, they still want to be in their business classes. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, you know, everything that you're going to take, and then, oh, i got to have my foreign language because i got to get have two years of foreign language so I can, um, for the college I'm going to, yeah, yep, it's, oh yeah, by the way, you still got to take... <laughs> You still have to take these required classes too. Yep, it's really hard. You still have to you have yep. core classes. Yep, yep. Our kids are uh, very ambitious, and um, you know with the number of credits that they earn and the level that they're in, you know we have a lot of kids that are taking calculus and a lot of kids taking physics. Uh, we have a lot of kids taking dual credit uh, college algebra. Um, okay, not a lot of kids taking that, but several. We have, we have kids who are taking college algebra. Mm -hmm. um, and then kids that are taking, um, looking into ag courses to see what they can do dual credit-wise too. Um, but, you know, we have a, a lot of our kids that are in, F, they want to be in FFA, so they got to have their ag courses still. And we have a lot of kids that are in FBLA, so they got to have their business courses still. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on top of that, they want to do um, all of these other things. So it's really hard. Right. Um, but um, that's and that's one of the things that's changed um, is the of courses availability because you can take a lot of courses you know through the computers and um, you know we're a one-to-one -one school so all of our kids in grades seven through twelve have their MacBooks so our high school students that take um, dual credit classes um, you know through um, through an online version it's it's really easy for them to access. And they can do it at any time of the day, so that adds to the flexibility of taking other classes. So that's great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but um, you know, our kids are motivated, and, and um, we want to we want to keep it that way, and we want to keep challenging them. We want kids to be challenged, and I think they are. Well, that's good. Um, I guess one of the things that kind of comes to my mind when you want um, when you have all these kids that want to do so many things is the idea of longer school hours. Like ever kicked around? I mean, so maybe moving to a nine nine period a day or anything like that is that like talks that exist within the education community? I guess um, with these kids wanting to do more, you know, is extending the a period where they're allowed to, you know, a time frame? Is that like coming up? Is that being addressed? There. There are there are talks that exist, yes, <laughs> um, because we we want to do what's best for kids, right? But in, right. But in doing that, I think you got to be really careful in um, the possibility of you know making changes with good intentions, and then maybe they aren't such great intentions. So mm -hmm. you know you want to make sure that what you're doing is is it actually is what's best for kids. Um, you know, personally, I don't know that adding to the school day would be best for kids. Um, it would maybe give them the opportunity to do more of what they want. But, you know, right now we meet that need individually. Right. Um, which allows kids to do that. And so what's good for a few individuals may not be best for the whole. Okay. So, you know, I, I definitely keep those things in mind. Um, but there's a lot of talk. And, you know, like I said earlier, with a lot of principals, I get, over, get around and, um, to different meetings and we talk with each other. Um, 
often, I would say. Um, I think everybody's trying to look and see, you know, what, what is the answer. And some of those things have come up. Right. Because I've even heard the idea of, um, you know, three, 365 school, you know, mm -hmm. school year round, instead of having that, um, that summer brain, I don't know if they call it brain drain or whatever they call it, but that time from, you know, May to August where you, those kids lose some of those skills that they, so you're spending too much of your August kind of repeating what you kind of finished off on in May um, before you can actually kick in gear. So um, there was definitely a look at that um, in years past and um, it did not gain a whole lot of momentum. Um, I have my own speculations about why that might be, but you know, I really think it's, you know, other states do it. Mm -hmm. Other states do um, year-round school. They have different tracks. Not everybody's in school at the same time in, a, in some other states. Uh, that might be what they need to do. I don't know that that's the best answer for Nebraska. Right, right. We, we got to work and figure is, out what's best for us. Which is right. probably why I didn't go. Right, right. Why I didn't gain a whole lot of momentum. And and I think that's I think that's okay that it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, because that probably not what's best for for Nebraska right that solution's got to fit you know a lot of different mm -hmm. you know there's it's got to fit west side and it's also got to yep. fit you know Henderson yep. that's and right. so um yeah it'd be it'd be good to have something that's yeah good um so one of the things with my my uh my title is um you know keeping people keeping our talent here in York um you know what are what are some of the things that um Henderson's doing to kind of help um, or Heartland, I should say, was Heartland doing to um, you know help students, you know, um, maybe that don't necessarily want to go into a four-year university. You know, what uh, what kind of steps are you helping to you know let them know that there's opportunities still here in here in um, here in Henderson, here in York County, you know, still in the state of Nebraska. Um, and then what are some things that we can do to kind of maybe help you know bring kids, uh, students, you know that you know go to Lincoln to get their education. And you know, what things can we do to kind of you know draw them back to to York County? One of the, one of the things that uh, I think we have a we have a benefit from here, and I know other communities have the same thing, but we benefit from a good relationship with the chamber mm -hmm. here in Henderson. And so the chamber here in Henderson has uh, members that are not just from Henderson, but also members from Bradshaw. Businesses from Bradshaw are part of the chamber as well. And, um, you know, we're able to reach out and meet with them. And I have uh, people from businesses come in and talk to me about, um, here's the kind of jobs that we have. We're looking for this kind of kid. Um, you know, do you have anybody that would be interested in that? And I'm able to take that and go talk to kids about it and say, hey, this person came and talked to me. Here's the kind of job they're looking for. Is this the kind of thing that you'd be interested in? And they, um, you know, they get back to me and say, yeah, this is the kind of thing. And so I'm able to connect. I've been able to connect a couple kids with areas, um, area businesses here for immediate things. But then also that company has been very clear, like, yeah, we would love to keep this person. Even once they graduate from high school, um, we want to find a way to help them with their education. And we want them to continue working for us. And, um, you know, how can we do that? Those conversations are great. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that helps our kids here and now, but also helps our area in the future. As far as um, having people come back, Henderson Chamber has done a really good job with reaching out there. Uh, Taylor Siebert has been instrumental in that with 
when he started Heartland Beat years ago. Yeah, yeah. And so when he started Heartland Beat, his one of his focuses and goals um, was reaching out to people that had graduated from here and letting them know these are the jobs that are available. These are the these are the things that you can do. So you wherever you're at now, you can come back here and you can live here and work here and raise your family here. And there's been a lot of people that have come back since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when uh, Strive took off, and he definitely has um, brought people in um, that went to school here, but also didn't go to school here, and now they're here living and, and uh, working, working out of you know out of Henderson for Strive, and, and it's uh, tax dollars into the district. And I mean, class intercom, yeah. and yeah. you know he's he's doing a lot. Um, when you go to any. A lot of schools in the state, they know what Taylor's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a benefit to us as well. And so, you know, I'm thankful for it. I just talked to a guy last night um, in York, and he was uh, telling me how much uh, respect he had for what Taylor's done um, with his with businesses and bringing people back to the area. And that's exactly what it is. And so, right. you know, it's guys like that that have been um, successful doing it, and they share their story. And then other people do the same. Because Taylor could have just easily chose to not come back yeah. to this area, and you know, but he believes in the in the community and what um, what it's given him and what it can give to other individuals. So it's awesome that he's you know willing to bring that back and kind of pay it forward. Yeah. And I coached him in junior high, so it was really fun to oh, see him doing these things. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh no, that's great. Yeah, getting to. All those relationships, yeah, that's, I think, one of the things that we love about our communities in here in 17 County are just the relationships that are formed and how uh, meaningful and impactful they can be, and you never know where those relationships kind of will take you, because you probably, I mean, you maybe would have saw that, but you probably never would have guessed that Taylor Siebert would have been starting a, you know, a, a business that would span kind of like this at, you know, when you met him, you know, at, at a 13 years yeah, old, right. and so... Um, it's kind of cool to kind of watch those um, relationships kind of evolve. So talk to me a little bit about um, your family and those relationships. So tell me a little bit about, um, yeah, your family here, your four daughters and what they're, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but kind of share with me about, you know, what they're kind of up to. Okay. Um, well, my oldest is um, teaching math at Wood River. Cool. They live in, she lives in Wood River and she married um, uh, Tyler Brown, who's he was one of my students. He was actually in the class that. And um, she was a York College graduate uh-huh. too, right? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was in that class that I had in third grade and fifth oh, grade. Oh, okay. He was yeah, part of that chain. He was okay. one of that group. Okay. So, um, and he works with he works with Cornerstone now. Okay. And so, um, yeah. So she was at York College, and then now they're they're in Wood River, and um, she really she really likes that area. Things are things are going well. Um, and then my second daughter, she's at your college, um, elementary ed. Um, so she didn't start out in business. And she, then no, <laughs> not that I know of. Not that I know of. Now my senior, now she's looking at business education. So who knows where, which way she'll end up? But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, your your college is, uh, has definitely been good. They were both able to be really involved in um, you know different activities. Um, my older Doing daughter, song fest and oh, yeah. things like that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, song fest, and um, my older older daughter played basketball for a little bit. Uh, one that's there now, she's been able to do some things with um, you know volleyball for a year, track for a couple of years, and 
Um, I think she's and she's with uh, doing cheerleading now, so that's kind of fun, just to see all the different opportunities they get. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. York College is one of those places where, if you want to do something, you probably can. Yeah, you, there's a lot of ways to get involved there, and um, the only thing holding you back is yourself. Pretty much at York College. Yeah, pretty much, and that's in in, in here from kids that are here at Heartland. That's kind of the same way. Um, I see Heartland kids. They are involved in so many different things. You know, mm-hmm. your kids that are in uh, the one act play right now, several of them are going to basketball practice. You know, before they go to one acts, or um, you know, this morning we had a lot of kids that were here for uh, National Honor Society doing our recycling. But then they're the kids that are um, they're going to be in class all day, and then they have um, you know basketball practice after school yet, and then. They're just involved in so many different things. And mm-hmm. So um, for my kids to be part of that and then go to York College and still be allowed to be part of a lot of different extracurriculars, um, I think that's great. Was that big on the reason why they chose York College? Was they were able to kind of continue? Um, I'm sure the Christ-centered education was a big kind of factor of that as well. But being involved, I'm sure, was kind of also another component, it sounds like. It, a lot of it, I think, is, is just like what happened to me. You know, you just once you once you go there and you're on campus, you just kind of know. Um, and you know, they certainly could have. They looked at other schools, and we didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't push and say this is what it. You know, just have to be. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna, you know, love you any less if you go somewhere, but I mean, it'd be easier if you go there. <laughs> um, but you know, they went to other schools and visited other schools, and they liked them, and it was good, and it was fine, but. The two that have gone to college, when they went there, it was like, okay, this is where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And um, our senior, I don't know what she's going to do yet, so, <laughs> so we shall see. Um, but um, it's just, yeah, I think the experiences they had here at Heartland certainly helped um, you know, pave the way for the things they're doing now. I think it's great. You know, here at Heartland, I think our involvement in extracurricular activities we have 97 percent of our kids are involved in at least one and i think i'd have to look at the number but what's enrollment here k through 12 um, three thirty or yeah about three thirty yeah yeah um and then our in our high school kids i think it's i'd have to look at the number but i think it's it's at least 80 percent are involved in two Okay. Wow. So ninety-seven percent are in one, and about yeah, I think it's I think it's over eighty are involved in two. Wow, that's um, really great. So you know, like I said, kids are super motivated. And, yeah, right. They, they do a great job with the things they that they're involved in. So we want to continue to do that for them. So what's it like been raising, you know, your family here in in York County? You know, you didn't grow up here, um, but what's it like been you know raising your family, you know, here in, in you because you've been able to. You know, experience both York and here in Henderson. So, kind of, what's it what's it been like? Um, well, it's definitely different than what um, than what I had, and definitely different from where my wife grew up because she's from uh, the Denver area. So, mm-hmm. you got two kids that were raised in the suburbs of big cities, and um, you know, I had five hundred something students in my graduating class, and Jeez. you know, my wife had probably similar but you know I went to York College and there were less kids at the college than there was in the graduating class right and then I and then being being able to be part of Bradshaw um, where my first class there were 16 kids in the class it was 
you knew everyone is different yeah. and um, you know I certainly wouldn't it wouldn't change what I what I went through but um, and where I grew up but it's just it's very different and um, it's fun to see uh, you know my kids have a lot of different opportunities mm -hmm. because you didn't have you know you didn't have a lot of three sport athletes where I was from you were one sport you know, that's what you did all the time and it, um, you know, maybe maybe you were two sports, but not all the way through usually. But, mm -hmm. um, At no, some point, just, you pick something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of fun to see. Um, you know, my kids have the opportunity to be three sport athletes here, which they all have been. Uh, you know, I hope they continue to do that because um, they they learn a lot, and you get to be a part of things. And um, you know, we've talked about being involved and the advantages of being being involved and. Um, getting to be part of everything and building those relationships, not just with your kids in your in your class and in your school, but also with your coaches. And so I, I think that's one of the one of the benefits that they get that I didn't. So that's good. Mm -hmm. It's just different, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of I got some little rapid fire questions I have to kind of round out um, our interview here. Um, just kind of you know whatever you know first kind of comes to mind. Um, your favorite restaurant here in York County? Do you have, <laughs> have a, a favorite place that you like to go for a for a meal? Um, well, that's just you know, that's just gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we 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 spread the, we spread the wealth on that one. We go to a lot of places. Go to everywhere. Yeah, okay. we. We do. We go to a lot of places. Do you have a favorite meal? Then is there a certain place that's got like that favorite meal um, that you like to constantly? If you're itching for something. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's every every place has their specialty. So, <laughs> you know, nothing yeah. stands above. Okay, yeah. all right. Every everybody's everybody does a lot of great things. You know, we have Perks here in Henderson does a really good job mm -hmm. with um, you know their fried chicken meal, and then they. You know, they offer a lot of different specials, and you pretty much can't go wrong with the special. And, you know, you go I need to come to, over to Perk sometime. I haven't yeah. been over. You go over to Bulldog Roadhouse, and they, you know, their pizza's great, and they do good with their steak. And Big fan of the Bulldog, though. I've been over there. Okay. Yeah. 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 I came golfing here in Henderson um, this summer, and then we road tripped over to Bulldog after okay. we were done. It was a good combination. Good evening. Yeah. Um, favorite memory in York County? Is there something that kind of always... Um, stands out whether it was a teaching memory or a personal memory um, or if you've got one of both that kind of come to mind um, what's what's that favorite memory of you know um, that you have you know living here in York County thus far well there's def there's definitely been a lot of great moments mm -hmm. um, you know as far and you know I've been here a long time so you know everything is part of the college experience and then you know moving into Teaching in Brad, teaching in Bradshaw, and you know, moving to Henderson, um, they've all. It's just been. Um, I mean, it's all great. Mm -hmm. It's just um, the area is amazing, and uh, people are good, and the the little things that happen. I mean, just the moment where you're like, okay, this is, I'm gonna get to teach in the same school I student taught in, and I'm gonna get my same kids I had last year for student teaching, and they're gonna be my first year kids. I mean, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, and then all the different years of teaching junior high kids and seeing them go through high school and um, and then you know making the move from being from teaching to being principal and you know 
seeing how that's going to be different and you know the being able to work with teachers is definitely great too um, being able to work with teachers that impact students I think is um, you know is really good too and it's all it's all just been great it's a good area and happy to be here awesome a lot of great memories so it's good to good to know that there's not one that you know you, nothing that really overpowers but it's just it's, they've all been it's been a great journey mm-hmm. and everything so that's great um, is there a favorite event that you have um, that comes up every year whether that's um, the community festival either here in Bradshaw or either here or in Bradshaw or um, is the county fair something you always look forward to or uh, Halloween or 4th of July is there um, a big event that you kind of always look forward to each year yeah all, all of those things you mentioned right you know are, are things that we do it's just a great way to be involved Henderson puts on a great fireworks show um, right. If you've ever been to it, but if you haven't, I would go to that. It's usually, it's a, it's the they do it during community days. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um, but that's, you know, that's always great. But um, you know, every everything that happens is all its own thing. So whether it's, you know, being at the, being at the games for Heartland, or whether it's being um, at the parade where the band is marching, or going to Harvest of Harmony where they're marching, or you know, being part of um, smorgasbord or um, just being in the community in the summer and you know like you said going over and going golfing and heading mm-hmm. out to the bulldog those are those are all great things and it all goes together it's good to be part of it that's really cool um, a lot of great great stuff going on then I guess here in Henderson um, a lot of great things well thank you for taking your time out of your day today um, it's great just to have been able to sit down to you for almost the last hour now um, so I've really enjoyed um, this conversation that we've had thus far. Um, you know, I was a York graduate myself, and so um, I had a few friends from over here in the um, Henderson Heartland area. Um, didn't have any, didn't really know anyone from the uh, Bradshaw uh, days, but I certainly got to know a lot of people here in Heartland. And as I've gotten older, um, you know, really kind of learned uh, all the great things that are going on over here in, in Henderson, you know, growing up in York, you get stuck in a bubble of, you know, this is York, York County. Um, but, you know, as I've gotten older, I've really came to appreciate all the other great things that are going on over here. You know, Henderson's got a great, <clears throat> you know, technology lab um, from where they have, you know, an, an engraver and all mm-hmm. a laser and all sorts of great, uh, neat technology. And so it's really cool to get to come out to all these different schools and you know get to get to know their their staff and everything so i've really enjoyed my time here with tim um just kind of learn a little bit more about him um the school of henderson and um kind of everything that's going on here so um i just want to thank you again tim for taking time out of your day and uh, i wish you the rest of uh, the school year and uh, more years to come so thanks again tim thank you this is 17 county a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Listen.